Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes. The Premier League returns. Fans return. Liverpool, Manchester United, Chelsea all return to form. Nuno Ball returns. And when and where will Harry Kane return? Gentlemen. Hey. Yo, what's good, boys? Hey, hey. What's up? We just need to like probably preface today with the fact that there is lots of distraction happening <laughs> in our homes. There's Chris is barely present. He had he was showing us the cards from a how dare you? I'm always here. <laughs> Chris is just present. Me- just because I'm at a going away party for a good friend who moves to Florida on Wednesday playing poker with the boys doesn't mean I am not here. That's true. You are present in, in body. Uh, Kemi and I, there's been kids yelling. It's, <laughs> it's, been, it's been a mess. So we'll, we'll see if there's any uh, background distraction. But other than that, guys, the Premier League returned. How did everyone feel about this weekend? It was amazing. A great weekend. Fantastic weekend. It was just yeah, great was to have soccer on. Tim? Yeah, a ton of fun. I, I loved every game I watched, every moment of every game I watched. It doesn't feel like it's been gone for that long, but when you're sitting through the midst of it, like waiting for it to return, it feels like forever. But now that it's back, very exciting. Um, some big stories right away on Friday. Big story to kick off the Premier League, Brentford to Arsenal nil, uh, newly promoted club, decades upon decades without being in the Premier League. They pull off potentially a stunner (laughs) in uh, Brentford upsetting Arsenal. I think time will tell if Arsenal is actually any good, but um, big match. You guys get a chance to see that one. Absolutely. It was a blast. Yeah, I watched it at work. And anybody who listened last week, you know, anytime I pick Arsenal for the lock it in, it's a guaranteed <laughs> loser. I told you guys that. <laughs> you did say that. That's true. So, yeah, but Brentford, what what great scenes. I mean, did you the, the video of the old gentleman singing Hey Jude? Oh, yeah. Which apparently is there song uh kemi that's something you'll have to keep an eye on as you're like watching these teams what songs do you hear in the stadium very often and maybe more times than not they have no real like sensical sensical sensible connection (laughs) to the club no affiliation yeah why hey jude i don't know but it sounded (laughs) amazing this old man crying in this i mean it was beautiful I figured it, I figured out why that's their song because Hey Jude has two syllables and Brentford has two syllables. Simple. So they Super were like, na, 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 na. and then Brentford, <laughs> I will tell you at the end of that game, it was, it was so incredible to just watch. I mean, the, I think they kicked it back to the studio in Connecticut or wherever the NBC studio is, but then they just stopped talking as the manager and the players just circled the field 
thanking the fans, going over and greeting fans. I mean, it was it was quite a moment. And I love I love Hey Jude, even though it doesn't make any sense for for that to be Brentford's anthem. It was such a moment. It really was. And I think, I mean, we've probably also seen some of the videos of the, of the um, disabled kid in the stands afterwards as well. And the manager going over there and greeting him. I mean, that was awesome. I'm a sucker for that 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. Same. Yeah. It's just, I mean, just, just beautiful scenes. And I think that's what makes sports in general really exciting, but soccer in particular, you there's there's an interplay it feels like there's more of a deep interplay between the supporters and the players you know with players walking over to you know the crowd and giving high fives or or like clapping or whatever there's just that like relationship between the fans and and the players and the manager that's seems different than other other sports yeah for sure so Brentford with a big win, making Tim and I look pretty smart on our uh, Wolves pick uh, for them to be the best newly promoted team. But uh, Chris is going to look really smart if if Manchester United keeps up their their amazing show. Uh, obviously, what what a way to wake up early be rewarded for waking up early, Chris. It was a nice present by them. It was, it was very nice. Um, they smashed leads five to one. Um, Bruno looked amazing. Pogba looked amazing. The, the fun part is that they were playing a lot of guys who were going to be subs maybe next week, maybe in two weeks. You know, no Cavani. Sancho came off in 15 minutes. Uh, the rain Guy handed his jersey as he walked out to wave to the crowd right before the game started. Um, so there's a lot of guys who are going to be playing and starting for this club that weren't even in uniform this week. And for them to go out and smash these the way they did, super fun start to the season. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I woke up. I wasn't waking up to watch the match, but for some reason woke up really early, checked my phone. And I think I saw it was like 1-0 or 2-0 or something. Um, went back to bed, fell asleep, woke up, match was over five, one. I was like, geez, I can't wait to see, see those highlights. And I knew Chris yeah. would be stoked and Kyle would be so disappointed. Yeah, it was, it was great for me, obviously bad for Kyle. Um, but it was, you know, it was one, one nil halftime, uh, Leeds comes out and they score first and second half. So it's one, one. Oh, that's and what it was. And then three minutes later, Bruno scores again. And then like two minutes after that, Bruno scores again. And then it was just the, the onslaught. It was great. Dude, Bruno is having a blast out there. And Pogba. I mean, when Pogba is into it, he's great. Yeah, he's really talented yeah, when he wants to be. To be fair yeah. to Pogba, he actually seems like he's been into it for maybe six straight months. Like, yeah, maybe yeah. so. Yeah, it was like January, so halfway through last season, he decided to turn it off. Yeah, it's, he's, looked, he's looked great ever since. It's so, this is one of the things that I think is really great about as much as I don't like the transfer window closing, like as, after the season's already started, it does add a whole nother layer of intrigue, right? Because there have been some rumblings that Pogba might leave. Obviously, we've got the Harry Kane stuff, which we'll talk about in a second. 
but all of a sudden, like teams that struggle the first couple matches have a doubled up incentive to bring in reinforcements players who maybe are on the way out or might stay now, now you're second guessing, like, can you really sell a guy who just played so great, you know? So it's a, it's a whole fascinating dynamic. For sure. And like, I think the, from everything I've read and seen, and if you follow these guys on their social medias, uh, Bruno and Pogba appear to be very close friends. Um, and it started last year with Manchester United's presented him with a new contract to extend him beyond. I think he still has three years left on his deal right now, but they were trying to extend him beyond that. And he's holding off, waiting for Pogba to sign an extension there before he decides what he's going to sign the extension. So uh, there's definitely a bromance there with the Bruno Pogba bromance is ongoing. Um, it'll be interesting. You know, his uh, Pogba's contract ends at the end of this season. They can't. You know, he's either got to agree to an extension or they need to figure out what they're going to do with him. So yep. it's really interesting. With him playing as good as he did, you know, doing something that only seven guys in the history of the league have ever done before, or six guys in the history of the league have ever done before. What a way to start the season. Very impressive. Chelsea also very impressive. Um, I think we were more down on Crystal Palace, but Chelsea with a 3-0 stomping um, We'll talk more about them later in the podcast as well, kind of teeing them up all around, but um, good showing by them. Uh, it'll be exciting to see. There's another guy, Treva uh, Ch- Chalaba. He scored just a great goal just outside the box, curled it around the lower corner. He's a young player um, that was maybe going to go out on loan. This is one of those players that might've been going out on loan. People weren't really sure what was going to happen with him, had a great preseason and then had just a really great showing in this match. And now the questions, what do they, what do they do with him? So, but Chelsea, definitely another clean sheet for that club. Obviously that's what uh, kind of defined Tuchel last season. And uh, they did it again against a Crystal Palace team that I think really could finish anywhere from 13th to 20th. And so uh, that's not a great start for them. And then the, the match of the weekend, uh, which I really was only actually able to catch the, the later half of, was Tottenham beating City, Nuno's first uh, man, uh, managerial effort for Tottenham after leaving Wolves. Kane drama abounded before and abounds currently and Tottenham pulls off the one nil upset. I would say, Tim, you watched a lot of that match. Yeah, it was, it was a thriller. It was one of those games that, you know, I think most people probably would have picked city to win pretty easily just because of Tottenham's turmoil, but um, it was a thriller. It was such a good game, but Tottenham deserved that win completely. Um, and that's, I think it touches on something. It's like Tottenham was home in front of 60,000 fans. I think the, the having fans back is so awesome. Um, and it will make, I think, a big difference going forward for these clubs. Um, but I have never heard Tottenham fans that loud and that into it. And I've never seen Tottenham players enjoying themselves that much. So it'll, and I didn't pick them to do particularly well this year, but it'll be fascinating to see. What happens? I mean, with or without Kane, right? Like they did this without him. 
I don't know what it would do to their dynamic getting him back on the club or what it would do to them with him moving on, but man, it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a second, but one thing that was interesting about the Tottenham match, as I watched kind of some of the recap of it is Bruno went with four at the back. He had a four, three, three formation, which is as a Wolves fan, shocking, shocking. He has played three at the back counterattacking football for as long as I've been watching them. And to see him come out with four at the back um, was, was really surprising. They still, I think played more counterattacking from what I could, could tell in some of the highlights, but um, really surprising Spurs seem to have city's number. Nuno also seems to have uh, city's number. So there's a couple of those factors that I think, we should consider as well before we start naming Spurs a top four contender for this year, but definitely a great showing. Yeah. Um, and, and ask the big question now, what do you guys think? Do you think Kane moves on? Like, what do they do now? What do, I mean, it seems like such a fascinating scenario. Yeah. I don't think you can let one game dictate you're losing it, right? Like, if you were planning on moving Harry, this game doesn't change. If you're planning on keeping Harry, this game doesn't change. I said last week, I think Harry's still in Tottenham after the after the transfer window closes in a couple of weeks. Um, but if City calls with that $160 million offer, that's hard to turn down. I don't care who you're giving up. But here's the thing. He wasn't even featured on the squad. He was the only... Uh, I think it might've been the only English player, but it might've been the only player in Euro who played in Euro who was eligible to play, who wasn't named on a sheet this week. So it was more than just like an availability issue because of the European championships. There's something else going on there. And I think that, that to me is what raises kind of a big, like red flag, whether they keep them or sell them, like there's, there's some issue there, right? If you're not naming them, even on your squad as a, as a sub. And it, and we don't know how those decisions got made either. I mean, I, I was hearing someone was talking about how he's, he's good buddies with Aaron Rodgers, And like, there's speculation that he's kind of following that playbook, kind of like, I'm a superstar. I have some power here to have my way. And if he says, oh, I'm not ready to play, I'm not match, you know, match fitness, um, I'm not going to suit up. You know, it could have been that or it could have been uh, Daniel Levy still wants to sell him and wants to make sure he's not injured or, you know, whatever it could be. But, man, I, I think what coming back to what you said about the transfer window, staying open a few weeks into the season, City, like coming into the season, City feel so dominant, but they don't have any real goal scorers. They kind of spread them around. Gundawan, I think, led the team in goals last year. And he's, he has no business leading the best team in the world in goals. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if City ups it to 200 to totally. try to get it. You know what I mean? And maybe that's the offer that Spurs can't refuse. Yeah. I heard uh, Tuna Aguero is looking for a new club. <laughs> that's right. He is. he is. He won't go back there. Um, is there any more perfect friendship than Harry Kane and Aaron Rodgers? I mean, that feels <laughs> like a friendship just 
I should have known it. I, if you would have said what, what NFL player is Harry Kane friends with, I think Aaron Rodgers makes the most sense. Yeah, no doubt. Knowing nothing about those two, they look like they belong together. <laughs> totally. And, and the, like potentially the best striker in the world is like, has said he wants to be a kicker in the NFL later in life. Like about so the that. best striker in the world is already eyeing up his NFL career. I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah, there's nothing like giving up the, you know, $20 million a year you can make in the Premier League, if not more, to get the $4 million an NFL kicker gets. It's a good, right. good career. If you can do it at 40, why not? And he does look like he is 40, so maybe that makes sense. <laughs> totally. Well, Kemi, our yes, neophyte, sir. hasn't had much to talk about yet, but... <laughs> Uh, tell us you watched Liverpool, Norwich, Norwich, another newly promoted team, uh, some couple players that we like, Tamu Puki, Josh Sargent's there, but you are focusing on Liverpool. Uh, give us, give us some, some neophyte reaction. What were your thoughts? What did you like? What were you impressed with? I did my best to watch as many matches as I could. And it, felt like drinking out of a fire hose because um, trying to the basic rules I have, I had known nothing about the clubs, why one is better than the other, who to watch for. Um, yeah. A lot of it was very, very new, but I, I'll be honest. I've been a, I've been an American football fan. My cognizant life, basketball fan, tennis fan. I, have never had chills watching a sport for the first time like I did watching that Liverpool-Norwich match to the point where I put the baby down and I, I woke her up at the third goal. Um, just I didn't expect it. The first goal took my breath away because I turned my head to respond to one of my kids and then I hear the crowd go nuts. Not No, it was Norwich. The crowd didn't go nuts. My brother went nuts. So I turn around and he's yelling. And so I'm like, oh, I missed it. So we replayed it, watched it. So then I'm like, I'm hooked. Um, and the cool thing was I was hooked not even by the goal scoring. I was hooked by the, the Norwich fans. I've, hmm. I've never experienced, I've been to a lot of sporting events. Their fans are next level. It's, yeah. it's a, uh, they set the bar. You're huh? specifically talking about the old lady nose picker, right? She was, next level. <laughs> <laughs> she's a, she was trying to get to the next level. Yeah, she's a different, <laughs> different conversation. Um, I'm glad that made it on TV, though. But it's, it's, uh, it's funny because uh, here's how I would equate it. I've been in my 20s, late teens, early 20s. I was a huge fan of the band Muse. So I saw Muse in Mesa, Arizona. I saw Muse at Madison Square Garden. I saw Muse in London. I saw him in San Francisco. Um, you see him in Mesa, Arizona. The crowd, they sit, they applaud after the song. <laughs> you know, it's an, it's an enjoyable experience. Nothing like what it should be. You see him in San Francisco. It was, a, it was in a big auditorium, standing room only. The crowd jumped the entire, every song, they're jumping. So that was a completely different experience. You see him in um, Madison Square Garden, the floor was fun, but the seats pretty boring. Um, you see him in London; it put San Francisco to shame. Mm. It's just a different experience watching and being a part of um, the way that 
in the in London, the UK, that they experienced their sporting events, I couldn't believe it. From like cheering, they would applaud. <laughs> a North <laughs> player would like make a what I would assume is a routine defensive play, and the the fans are applauding, but not like yeah, good job. It's like a <laughs> like our lives dependent on. Oh it. my goodness, it's so cool. So it's like if you're not drawn in by the gameplay you want to be a part of what the what the fans are doing i wanted to be there even if i was cheering for liverpool and it was in norwich i didn't care it was impressive that was my biggest takeaway yeah that's great and i and i think as you're choosing teams to focus on um try and choose home teams okay so for like as you move forward i think this week again you chose another a visiting club I but did. um but if you can choose home teams because it does add to that experience sure you know that that hearing the crowd saying great supporters can also provide like a, a good atmosphere um yeah. for for uh, the club their club the uh the nfl uh feature a couple games in london and i'm sure the majority of the crowd are maybe a lot like me um but they're bringing their passion for sports and the way that they relate and cheer for sports. It'd be kind of interesting to see what would happen, what the response would be if a Premier League team match was played in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and the stadium was dominated by American fans and how, how they would respond. And you can't help but wonder if even the players feed off that in the same way like a band would feed off a crowd mm-hmm. going nuts for music. But Well, it's been one of the big debates, Kemi, is – last year there were no there were no fans yeah and one of the big debates was is that affecting some teams more than others so teams that were performing poorly were arguing like it would be much different if we had you know our home fans there and maybe so um but but this week again one week and we'll see over the course of the season but this week eight of ten home teams won their matches and so there is definitely something there to, to having your supporters there, that, that little bit of energy. And some home teams have traditionally horrible fans. Right. West Ham is kind of known as a bad home environment. Newcastle, Newcastle fans are so mad at their club right now and the ownership. Um, so city, so, <clears throat> sorry, something got caught in my throat. Yeah, there are, I mean, there are clubs that definitely like have more fair weather fans as well, or are more international. So they don't have that like long-term feel to, to the club. So, um, and anything, I, any, I, Oh, go ahead, Chris. I was going to jump on that real quick. I, I would venture out to say that it, the no fans affected Manchester United, maybe more than any other club. They went unbeaten on the road last year. They lost all their games at home mm. in front of nobody. Yeah. Um, but you can and, maybe and then think, argue that it affected them the most positively, that they, had, they had an advantage on the road, then that's why they won all their games. I mean, I don't know. I'm just well, using the counter argument. Yeah. And the, mean, flip side, the flip side of that is Liverpool had a 68-match home winning streak until there were no fans. Nice. Yeah. yeah. 68 and, games. That's, I mean – you play 19 they, home games in a season. Who did they lose to? It was like Aston Villa or something. Like it wasn't even. I think worse. It was. I forget. It wasn't. It, was, it wasn't a top. Was it the Fulham? I forget. I'd have to go back. I don't really want to revisit it, but it was a bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a bad loss for sure. 
So, yeah, I don't know. Just something to think of. I think yeah. there's truth to that. The one and only time I did a, a cliff dive, I backed out. And it was only because all my buddies went nuts. Like, you got to do it. You got to do it. And I did it. I'll never do it again. But I only did it because of them going crazy for me to do it. Yeah. yeah. It's motivating. It is. Kemi, any um, any players on the Liverpool squad that you were drawn to that you thought, oh, man, I really just enjoyed this guy playing? Uh, Salah. So my mm-hmm. brother told me, watch out for Salah. And uh, you know what? Actually, I'll say Salah, and um, I'm still learning. They're goalie. There was a, thank you. There was a there is a series where he, I mean, he looked like he was growing arms to make to make blocks. It was so impressive. And I think he had like three blocks immediately in a just row. Just back to back to back. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, there's how are you are your <laughs> reflexes that in tune with what's happening? I was so impressed. But though that I would I would say solo school, and I think maybe because I was prepped to like, hey, watch out for this guy. And then I went in, and when that when those saves happened. I was on my feet, like, get one more, get one more, get one more, and I'll get it out of there. So I'd probably go with that, that their goalie. What was his name again? Uh, Allison Becker. Yeah. My brother told me he went through some uh, rough patch. I guess he lost him, lost his father, but played through it mm-hmm. and um, had a rough year. And this year is kind of his, his bounce back, and he, he bounced back. Yeah. Well, he, cool. he had a, a – he scored a goal at the very end of last season – at, in the last second of the game, like I think it was the second to last or third to last game of the season. Yeah. He came up because it, it was like, hey, we've got nothing to lose, right? We're, we need this goal. And so he came all the way up and headed it in on a corner kick. Oh, that's cool. And so he's, man, he's it was, flying. It was, the goal that, it was the goal that saved their season. They got it him was, into the yeah. Champions League. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, that maybe can be our term, our term of the week um is the term clean sheet i don't know if you heard that but a clean sheet is when um it's not what happens if your kid makes it through the night with ironically that's also a clean sheet but this in (laughs) soccer is uh when you don't allow any goals okay and it but it's a it's a stat for keepers but also for defenders so is it a is it a big deal yeah Okay. Yeah. Is it like a, a no hitter in baseball? No, no, it's not, not that. that. It's it's not that rare. I mean, I don't okay. know how many clean sheets there were this weekend, but I, I think see three on three Saturday. Four. Yeah, I think four total. Yeah, so there are three or four clean sheets. So it's not okay. that rare, but it is a it's an important stat, and it's a stat that defenders get the get credit for as well. So they'll often talk about like, oh, this defender adds X amount of clean sheets in a season. So do they take it a step further and? go over how many saves like if five goalies have a clean sheet but one has like 30 saves bigger deal i'm guessing yeah for sure that's cool okay but but saves are different than hockey you know you could have a you could have a a goaltender in hockey get 30 saves in a match but in in soccer you're gonna three to eight saves you know and and some of that matters more on the defensive setup and um, the way, yeah, the defenders play. So yeah. if a keeper has a lot of saves, that doesn't necessarily mean the def- – that probably meant the defense didn't play that great, actually. That makes sense. If a keeper has a clean sheet but only one save, it's probably more about the defense playing great. Strong defense, one got through. Yep, that's cool. right. Got so, it. 
Well, we're going to do a little speed round now. We're going to give uh, Tim and Chris and I a little opportunity to talk about our clubs. We're trying to limit it a little bit so we don't ramble too long. Tim and Chris both already got to speak a little. My team's defeat wasn't one of our top stories, so I'll take full advantage of my two minutes. But to to start, um, since we're on the Liverpool match, Tim, why don't you why don't you share a little bit? And the timer is rolling. <laughs> All right, I see that. No, I don't even need to take that full amount. I, it was a really fun game. It was. Um, once, once Liverpool broke through and scored that first goal, it felt like, all right, there's going to be more and this yeah. is going to be a fun Saturday morning. And it, and it was, I think it was like, it wasn't the, the thrill ride that United's win was and some of those, but it was, I think a real confidence boost. I mean, Liverpool's just had such an up, up and down year last year. Um, so to win three nil, it was against a promoted team, but it was away, And so I think that's significant still. Uh, Mo Salah, he got, five straight opening week goals, five straight seasons with an opening week goal, which is another Premier League record. Um, Virgil van Dyke being back. Um, I just think he looked, he looked good. I think he'll look even better a couple more weeks in and just solidifying the defense. I think that that piece coming out last year just threw the team for a loop. And so having him back is just so good to see. Um, and I heard Jurgen Klopp referred to the game as a professional performance. And that's what it felt like. It just, they did their job. Everybody did their job. Um, every player out there did their job. So yeah, it was fun. It was good. I was glad Kemi picked a good week to, to watch Liverpool. Um, and it was fun. I got to go to the pub. I watched it with a couple buddies. So it was good to be back there. Lots of off key singing and, and, uh, and day drinking. I stuck with coffee cause it's early in the day, but yeah, it was it's fun. Drinking. You got to wake up before you can day drink. That's right. <laughs> nice. Well done. You made it under the two minutes, Tim. Chris, how about you? Why don't you give us, uh, yeah. your, your Manchester United reaction deep dive. Yeah, it was, it was a, it was a great, great game for Manchester United. A lot of fun to watch. Um, what I noticed is first game of the season, it was fun to see the guys out there who are just hundred percent healthy, not nicked up, not hurting, no nagging injuries, right? Like they're coming in the season pretty much clean. Um, and I know it was in part because they were playing leads and the style that leads plays, but United looked so much faster in this game than they have in a long time that, that I've been watching and been a fan. So that was fun to see a healthy squad. They were pressing. They were all over the place. My takeaways from the game, obviously Bruno and Pogba were just incredible in that game. Bruno's third goal, goal of the week. It was incredible to score the way he did was unbelievable. We can talk about that later if we want to, if we want to talk about goals of the week. Um, I think my, my biggest takeaway is that Mason Greenwood is going to be a massive, massive problem for clubs. He looks phenomenal. He's 19 years old now. Um, this is the start of his third season in the Premier League, and he just knows how to score. I think he's going to be a real problem. It's going to be really interesting to see what Ole does with lineups. Um, they have so much talent. Like Their subs could compete probably for the top 10 in the league just as a subunit. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see what they do these next two weeks in the transfer window. 
Um, I'd like to see them move Martial out. He's just an access at this point, but super fun game. It's going to be a really interesting couple of weeks. Biggest thing to keep your eye on for Manchester United is the away unbeaten streak. They play out at Southampton this week to tie the all-time record. And they play at Wolves the following week to potentially set a new record in the Premier League. Well done. Both of you guys under two minutes. But you also got bonus time because those were important matches. Let's see if I can make it under two minutes with my Wolves talk. Uh, Wolves lost 1-0 to Leicester in what I would say was one of the most encouraging losses I've ever seen. I predicted them to lose three to one. Um, We have a lot of holes still to fill on our squad and uh, defense center backs being the biggest. And so I expect it. And, and our new manager, Bruno Lodge is supposed to play a more attacking forward pressing offense. And I just thought Lester was going to eat us alive on the counter attack. And they really didn't. Um, uh, Jamie Vardy scored a brilliant goal. Connor Cody, I think, is a bit of a liability now. He's our captain. I love him. I hate to say it, but uh, he's made a ton of mistakes in this match. And one of them, he didn't close Vardy down, and he should have. And I think it could have prevented that goal. Um, Adame Traore looked remarkable. I mean, he is, again, all the things we know, super fast. His dribble rates insane. I think I saw his completed dribble dribbles was the most in the in week one, and he had more completed dribbles than like six Premier League teams. He's just amazing on the ball, but he has no finish. He missed one on one with the keeper. He had another one where he had Raul in front of goal and he didn't pass it. Um, he just doesn't make, he's so quick naturally, but he doesn't make good decisions. So that was super disappointing. I still love him, but he's got to figure out a way to finish. Uh, we played the high press, which is a defensive or kind of a, a position where you press the defense closer to the ball. It's more attacking. That was really exciting. Um, our center backs were in the attacking half and, uh, it was really fun. Two minutes is not long, guys. If you haven't got a chance to talk about your club yet, I'll just tell you that. So I think I'll have a lot of just two minutes this year unless Wolves uh, pull it off a little better. Or when Wolves are playing one of the other clubs. That's true. That's true. But I love my team. and I will yep. continue rooting for them. Next, guys, I want to ask. It's so – week one is such an important week but there are 37 weeks left of the season. We may not even remember these matches uh, in six months. So I am curious, what is your one overreaction after seeing week one? Who do you want to start with, Nate? Why don't you start? All right, my admitted overreaction is that Manchester United is going to average five goals per game, which means they will score 190 goals this season. The previous beating the previous EPL record of 106 by 84 goals. That's my overreaction. 
Well, if they do it, it would be hard for Kemi not to choose them. It would be so much fun. But because they would win the Premier League, yes, he would not be able to choose them. So it would be such a conundrum. Like it's still in way. It would be too easy for him not to pick them because he won't be allowed. (laughs) Tim, how about you? My, I mean, my this. I mean, what are we calling this? Extreme overreactions or just overreactions? I mean. This is barely an overreaction, but Brentford will make Europa. No, it's a big overreaction. Um, It would be so much fun to see them climb the table. I mean, I know they started at the very top of the table. It would be so much fun to see them do what Wolves did a few years ago. I mean, it's a fun club. It's a great storyline. And they've got, I mean, they've got confidence now. So, uh, So we'll see what happens, but that would be fun to see. Totally. I am going with Nuno wins manager of the year, leading Spurs to the Champions League, which is kind of funny because that's like to even say that Spurs in the Champions League is an overreaction shows how little faith I have that they'll actually uh, be in the Champions League. But uh, I do think that that's my overreaction. Is he doing this with or without Kane? Are you it doesn't matter. Well, I still, I still am keeping my without Kane. I think it's without wow. Kane, and I still hold the, the fact that I think Kane will be a city player by August 31st. Mm-hmm. Well, we hinted at did, did Kemi give us his overreaction? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Kemi, do you have an overreaction for us? Uh, could I say that the video of the booger eater will become an nft and will be the highest selling nft in history uh, yes. that's, that's all i got yes you're <laughs> permitted to say that okay yeah, that's good. yeah that's a good reaction can i just say i like kemi's overreaction more than anyone else's <laughs> that's great we also have two very exciting premier league americans <laughs> So I do want to take a moment to talk about them as we do every week. We are Americans. We love our American soccer players. So um, we'll start with the one, the only Christian Pulisic. He opened his account this weekend with a nice rebound goal for Chelsea. Uh, It's good to see him on the score sheet. Um, I didn't get to see any of that match uh, other than the highlights I was in some ways kind of surprised to see him in the starting lineup because he hadn't started a ton of the preseason and some of their other like final matches that they played in. But uh, anyone else get to see anything extra on Christian this weekend? I saw the highlights as well, but did you guys see his tattoo? I think it's a new tattoo on his left forearm. He puts his, his arm across his eyes and there's tiger eyes. So it's just like Ooh. eye of the tiger goal scoring celebration, which is pretty sweet. That's pretty sick. I'm all in on that. As hard as it is to root for any Chelsea player, Captain America is the one I can root for hands down every day. Could it actually though, are you sure it's a tiger or could it be a wolf? And he's like signaling where he's hinting, going next, hinting about some, some future moves. I think it's a tiger. I think it's a tiger, but we can live in hope. We always can. (laughs) 
Speaking of hope, there is a there's rumors that Matthew Hoppe, H O P P E, U.S. Men's National Soccer Team player, might be making a transfer to the Premier League, and the three teams that are in that are being mentioned are Crystal Palace, Watford, and Wolves. Mm. So we might add another player to uh, American Watch. But the one we do want to talk about is Josh, Josh Sargent of Norwich. He didn't get the start, but he came in, I think, on around the 70th, 75th minute of that match. You guys watched that match pretty closely. Did, did he stand out at all? Did you, did you notice, notice him on the pitch very much? Was he involved in much of the action? Kimmy, did you notice him at all? Uh, I noticed that the announcers make it a point to talk about the fact that there is an American on the pitch quite a bit. And I'm, I was wondering if it's to, is it a, is it a slight jab or is it just like, he's good celebrating it. I mean, cause yeah. these are, they're British commentators, but they work for NBC. So the audience, like they're different commentators, I think for sky sports and like the British broadcasting. So, okay. I think it would be, it would be a celebration of it, like a point of interest for fans. Do the, I mean, I'm assuming most team, most fans just care about wins. They don't care where you're from. Yeah. So for that matter, I, I'm assuming, yeah, they were probably just pointing it out. Um, but I did notice they talked about the fact that they were American a bit. Yeah. Well, I think it's also a business thing, right? Like if you want to extend your, if you want to extend your fan base, like clubs aren't going to, aren't going to sign somebody who's garbage, but if they're like, if they can hack it on the team, even if they're a reserve player, like that's a great thing for, cause I think like there's a lot of Everton fans in the U S and I think it dates back to Tim Howard and uh, who else? Clint Dempsey. Was he with Everton? I think so. Yeah. There were some American players with Everton and I think it grew their fan base disproportionate to their overall performance well I, if you want to talk about a disproportionate fan base is fulham fulham is uh-huh. the team that has had they've had an american on on their That's squad right. for like 25 consecutive years or some some really long like for a really long time and so they've got two americans on their club now you know, they've been kind of a yo-yo club up and down from the premier league. And so, so I think Fulham's a, Fulham's a club that, that definitely has a, a large fan base here because of, of the American presence. I did hear again, I didn't see the match, but I did hear that when, when Sargent came on the, the Norwich fans started chanting USA. Yeah. Oh. I heard that you did. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Well, he's seemed, hard I think he got one shot off. Um, I think he got one shot off, but I didn't really notice much else. Great. It'll be exciting. I mean, I think the German, there's a lot of Americans playing in Germany, a handful in some of the other leagues, but I think especially with some of the other leagues struggling financially, I don't, Germany, I don't think is, but, but with La Liga, Syria, I think we could see more Americans as they get their foot in the ground and, play at a high level of European football, be more comfortable and teams be more confident to bring Americans over into the premier league. And that'll only be more exciting for us. And after we win next year's world cup, there will just be the floodgates will open. They'll all just want to sign them. Of course. Of course. (laughs) Sarcasm. (laughs) We live in hope, Kemi. (laughs) Live in hope. 
Hey, they did move up to number 10 in FIFA's rankings. They, they were did. the biggest yeah. jumpers. Is that well, out of 11? No, no that's the world. out of a oh, lot. It's ahead okay. of, we're ahead of Germany. They're, I mean, that's pretty significant. Cool. It is yeah. very significant. I think they moved up nine spots, which was the highest movement of any of the FIFA rankings. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot, of, lot to be hopeful about for U.S. men's national team. Well, let's take a moment. We like talking about hair. Premier League has <laughs> some great hair. There's some horrible hair. Um, I noticed Richarlison. I don't know if you guys saw Richarlison out there. He's like gone with some, not even like bleach blonde. It's like bleach gray. Mm-hmm. At least from what I could see, it looks like, like he's going with a gray top. I didn't necessarily hate it or like it. It just stood out to me like, okay, I see, I see you out there. I see you out there. Pogba always on point, nothing too new for him, but it looked fresh. Nice stripe in his, in his Mohawk. Pogba's hair game is always on point. Like he usually nails the look. So I think uh, is a little homage to France. It's uh, he's got the blue front with the bleached back. Uh, Pretty cool look. Look good. Cantwell, that's who I noticed on Norwich. Long blonde hair. Was he wearing his little was he wearing the head the little the headband? Uh, headband, yeah. Todd <laughs> but it seemed that seems more of an American look than a Premier League look. And I'm I was all for it. <laughs> There's Very a lot Trevor of headband Lawrence. going on. Ruben yeah. Neves for Wolves. He's never worn a headband before. And this year he's got he's he's down in this little headband. Grealish too. Grealish has that going on with his his middle part. Yep, that's right. Did is I, I may have missed this because um, I haven't been following Norwich uh, very closely at all ever. But Timo Puki, friend of the pod, friend of the pod, um, Timo Timo Puki is is um, bald now, and I remember you guys discussing loving his hair on a pre you know, maybe two years ago. He, uh, he yeah he he went bald last year in the championship so uh-huh. it's a by choice of, uh it could be by genetics it could be by choice I'm going by with stress it. yeah it's by genetics is what I'm going with he was he was on his way to bald I mean, no, was for sure bald for being. sure bald being. was I making this up then that you guys were raving about his hair before no we you're making that up Chris oh, might yeah. have said <laughs> it tongue and cheek other because, things of, his, about because of his own him. hair. Well, Chris might have yeah, been it was, about it because of his own hair. Yes, it was always his name that I love, um, but the fact that he was heading towards uh, my level of de-hairlessness, <laughs> we'll say. Uh, yeah, he was definitely on the way to looking like me. Got it, okay. He makes all right, well, look good, though. Let's move on to Lock It In Review. We have two of us getting our picks right, two getting it wrong. Um, Chris, as mentioned earlier, he took Arsenal over Brentford, got that one wrong. Kemi made what looked to be a good pick of City over Tottenham. He got that wrong. Tim and I both got ours right. Tim with Liverpool over Norwich and me taking Chelsea over Crystal Palace. Um, this year we're allowing our people with the worst records to pick first. We're not repeating any picks, which makes it a little more intriguing for those of us at the top, especially this week. Uh, Kemi got first pick. All right, Kemi, who are you taking 
This week. I've got Liverpool over Burnley. All right. Chris, you had second pick. Who are you taking, Chris? Yeah, I've got my boys from Manchester United hitting road for the first time this season. I've got them beating Southampton. I want to pick against Southampton where I can before they get in the bottom three. <laughs> we didn't talk about this when we talked about kits, but the, the joke I made the first time I saw Southampton's kits is that they've got this like down arrow on their kit. <laughs> and I felt like it could be some premonition there of what's going to happen this year. <laughs> Tim, you got third uh, pick. Who did you take? Yeah, so I'm going with Aston Villa over Newcastle. I think the fact that Aston Villa is home, even though they lost week one, I think the fact that they're home, I think that'll give them the edge. And uh, so that's why I went with them. I like that pick. Um, That's my exact order of what I, when I ranked the four (laughs) picks, that's exactly the four. So I had to take my fourth pick, which is Chelsea over Arsenal. So I'm going back to back Um, Chelsea picks but I'm a bit more trepidatious about this. Uh, Kemi, this is also the match you're focusing on this week, right? Chelsea? Yep. Yep, this will be my second focus. All right. Well, I think it's a great focus. This this match is a, a derby. Have you heard this term before? Not, no. <laughs> it's, spelled, it's spelled like derby. Okay. D-E-R-B-Y. And it's the British term for rivalry. Cool. So they call them derbies and you can have a handful of different like derbies with different clubs. This one's called the Northwest London Derby because both of them are in kind of the Northwestern part of London. Um, So long, long term rivals, both storied franchises. So this is a great match. Um, They're, they're at Arsenal stadium Emirates, which is, you know, that you'll get to, experience arsenal fans which who knows what you'll experience this week i am they're a surly bunch and especially so now with the way their team has been has been playing but derby match means it's really anyone's anyone's match i think either team could win because of that kind of rivalry nature um we've already talked about christian pulisic but chelsea I don't know if it's more than any of the other big teams, but in some ways it feels like they have more star power name power than almost anyone else. So I'll try not to overwhelm you, but Pulisic will be the natural one to look out for because he's an American. Um, Romelu Lukaku. Great name. Great name. He Mm -hmm. just came over. He was with Chelsea back in the day. He was at Manchester United. Then he went to Inter Milan in the Italian league. Who are we talking about again? Romelu Lukaku. Just wanted to hear it. There you go. Uh, he, <laughs> he was in Italy and scored a boatload of goals there. Cool. Um, so he's coming back to Chelsea with a lot of high expectations. Okay. Um, but he's very noticeable. Big forward, like should be putting shots on goal. Uh, they have a couple of German guys, Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, um, both to varying degrees of success with the club over the last couple of years, but high, high price, high profile guys. Uh, they have another player, Indolo Conte. What is his name? Indolo Conte. How do you spell the Indolo part? 
I I I think it's the way you're you're last. No way. Is he Nigerian? I don't think he is. Is actually. he French? He's a midfielder from He's France, French. but he might have some Ngolo, Ngolo, Ngolo. Oh, Ngolo, Ngolo. Yeah. Okay, I said it wrong. Gotcha. Ngolo Conte. I was about um, to change my affiliations. <laughs> he was He's born in Paris to Malian parents. So oh, okay. He's Mali. Mali. Got it. Sorry um, about that. So Conte, he's another guy. To, he's another player to watch. Um, they have two really good keepers. Okay. Um, one might still be the most expensive keeper out there. I'm not sure. Kepe is his name, but he's lost his starting job to this to this French keeper named Mendy, um, and. It's kind of, it was pretty controversial because they spent so much money on Kepe. Um, so I think Mendy will probably start. Well, it wasn't controversial if you watch them play. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, I guess that's probably a, important to say that Kepe left a lot to be desired. But Didn't he did spend of, so much money. Kind of get the yips. Like he was really, he was lights out and then just kind of lost it and lost confidence. Yeah. And he was played pretty- really well. Yeah, he was pretty widely considered the best keeper in the league going into, I, I want to say last year, the year before. Um, and then he just couldn't stop a shot to save his life last year. Yeah, yeah and Mendy's been great. And some of that came, um, Chelsea made a move and brought in a German manager, Thomas Tuchel. Um, he came in towards the end of last year. Um, and ever since they brought him in, he solidified their defense and they played just lights out last season towards the second half of the year. And so that's why they're a title favorite or like in contention, you know, with those top four clubs. Um, so they'll be really fun. You'll, they'll be really fun to watch. Awesome. Since they're away, I, they might wear their, their yellow kits. So that'll be interesting. They could wear their, they could wear blue though, because, Arsenal will be wearing their home reds. Anything else for for uh, Kemi to to keep an eye on? Does in general is should Chelsea feel threatened by Arsenal? I think yeah. I mean, Tim, you were going to say something. I don't want you to answer. Yeah, I mean, I think kind of as Nate said, it's a derby, and that like I just feel all bets are off. So like Liverpool's Derby is Liverpool versus Everton. And no matter where they are in the table, mm-hmm. it's always just a knockout, knockout, drag out, you know, fight. Cool. And, um, and I think Arsenal will feel they have something to prove coming off of this loss and they're at home for the first time with fans. So it should be a really good game. Awesome. Yeah. I think it also it. depends on who Arsenal has available to them. Uh, they brought, you know, they brought Saka on this week after halftime, and they started to look a lot better when he came on in the second half. Um, they still lost two 0 to Brentford, um, but they didn't have Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, who's one of the best players in the world. They didn't have Lacazette either. Uh, both were held out due to illness, so I'm not sure if they're going to be back this week or not. Obviously, I don't follow arsenal all that closely that i'm reading their updates um but it depends on who they put out there because they've got some of the best players in the world they just you know it doesn't always link up arsenal's a super young squad i'm sure if you looked at like the average age of every squad in match week one arsenal is probably the youngest 
because some of their established players were out. So if they're back, they, they should be able to put up more of a fight. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Any other last, last minute thoughts? Um, you know what, here, I'll throw this out. I talked about it earlier. I thought Bruno's third goal was the best goal of the week. Um, Luke Ayling's goal was pretty phenomenal, um, but I had Bruno's third. I think the talent it takes to let a ball pass you and kick it midair into the top shelf is pretty incredible. What I'm going to do, I've watched every goal from this past week, and that was the goal of the week to me. I'm going to compare every goal of the week going forward to that goal, and we'll see if it gets unseated <laughs> and who does it. Yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was a nice goal. You had, you had texted us about it, and so when I was watching the highlights, I was expecting to be on, and it was a really good goal, but I saw multiple goals this week that I thought were as good. So I'm not saying it wasn't a great goal. It was, but I, I, yeah, I, I, I think the skill level that went into what was required to finish that is what put it over the top for me. There were definitely some good goals, but to get a through ball like that, bouncing the way it was bouncing and to kick it midair is as it's passing you not it was the ball's not coming to him you see a lot of goals that are like one-timers where the ball's coming to them and they can set it up Bruno's gotta let that ball get past his hips before he can start the kick I just thought it was incredible it was a good goal I thought I thought Jamie Vardy's was amazing like the angle in which he scores it like yeah how it's coming to him too like Rich Wilson's like diving footer, uh, yeah. even um, Everton's uh, shoot. What's his name? Dominic oh, Calvin, Calvin Lewin. Lewin. That was a great Calvin Lewin. His his flying header. Who doesn't love a flying header? You, you flying can't touch the ball with your hands, so you're just diving forward with your head out. It's amazing. <laughs> so good. All right, guys. Well, more soccer can't come soon enough. But we will wait. And until then, Glazers, Glazers out. out. Sayonara. <laughs>